you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. everybody it is wednesday march 23rd 2022 welcome to the nfl fantasy football podcast where we are also out of the quarterback market it's me your man mg marcus grant alongside michael f florio we got randy on the controls and man i you know i really thought florio we were going to come and and kind of like we'll have a little bit to talk about uh you know we kind of be cleaning up free agency maybe we move on and and turn our attention to the draft but um the NFL offseason just refuses to go to sleep. It just will not. It will not take a break. The, the It's like every day I wake up and I'm like, what's going to happen today that steals the spotlight away? <laughs> like, they already stole March Madness. They, they stole the MLB lockout ending. Like, just keep – they just – the NFL will not let other sports have their moment. I mean, just wait. Just wait till like, they do something to, like, overshadow the NBA Finals. It'll be, like, a five-team blockbuster trade in the middle of the NBA Finals, too. Just be like, we're going to snatch that away also. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's – it's it's wild. I mean, so let's – which might as well just get it because we have a lot to talk about this week. Last week was just a bananas, uh, beefy show. This week I don't think will be quite as long, but we got a lot to go through. So 
let's just dive in with the news that hit literally moments before we were about to start recording this show. And that is Tyreek Hill is now a Miami Dolphin. Um, this escalated quickly, quickly, right? Like, uh, I will say that in, in my, my morning timeline, I went to uh, drop my kid off at daycare. Uh, I got home. It was about 8.30 in the morning Pacific time. That's when I first saw the news that Tyreek Hill uh, was being granted permission to seek a trade. Literally an hour later, it was done. Uh, the Dolphins uh, get Tyreek Hill. In exchange, they send five draft picks, a first and second round in 2022, uh, as well as a fourth round in, uh, in this year's draft, and then a fourth and a sixth in the 2023 draft. Uh, on top of it, Miami then goes and gives Tyreek Hill a four-year extension for $120 million, including $72.2 million guaranteed. So uh, Devontae Adams' reign as the highest-paid wide receiver in the NFL lasted for about a week. Uh, and now it is Tyreek Hill that is sitting atop the wide receiver money throne. So congrats to him for that. Uh but let's talk fantasy, obviously. Uh, obviously, the, the big thing with Tyreek Hill going from Kansas City to Miami, there is a major quarterback drop-off, right? No, no shade on Tua. He's not Patrick Mahomes. So with this move, is Tyreek Hill still a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy? Top 10, yes, but I think it's more borderline. Like, he's been top five basically since he burst out on the scene with the Chiefs and... I mean, yeah, you, you talk about a quarterback downgrade. No offense to Tua, Patrick Mahomes might be the best quarterback in football. I think it's a very short list of players you could put in the same tier as Patrick Mahomes, if any. So while I'm thinking that it's a quarterback downgrade for him, I still really like the fact that he's going to be in a Mike McDaniel-led offense. We saw what he did uh, with, with Debo Samuel last year. I know Kyle Shanahan plays a big role there as well, but... I'm believing in Mike McDaniel, so I think he'll do a lot to get plenty of volume to Tyreek Hill. Uh, I think he'll continue to use Hill in situations that Hill can just thrive in. And, and Hill is the best field stretcher, I would say, in the NFL. So this just l helps, I would say, lift the offense of Miami as a whole. You add in a piece like Ty uh, Tyreek Hill. I, you know, I know, you know some people immediately said, hey, look, everybody has an immediate reaction to this. And I know for some folks, the immediate reaction was, well, this is going to hurt Jalen Waddle. And, and maybe, but I don't know that it, it hurts him significantly because they've got a coach there in Mike McDaniel, who I think can figure out how to make it work with these two guys. We didn't necessarily see a ton of it last year in San Francisco because Brandon Ayuk was so inconsistent and wasn't you know in the lineup on a regular basis. But the idea being that, that the Niners had a plan to make it work with both uh, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. And I think McDaniel can figure out how to make it work with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. If anything, this means that Waddle is going to draw less attention because you've got to pay attention to that guy on the other side who can stretch the field. Um, I'm not going to say Mike Gesicki is Travis Kelsey, but... This helps Mike Gesicki too, right? This is going to help him. He's a guy who's already getting a lot of targets, who's getting a lot of opportunity. So I do think it keeps Hill in the top 10. I don't think he's a top you know, two or three receiver uh, like we have been drafting him the last couple of years, but I think he's still very much a solid wide receiver one. And I think it elevates everybody around him. We were already excited about Jalen Waddell. 
This only helps with that. Uh, I think Mike Gesicki was that guy that we were sort of drafting in the, the back half of the tight end one tier. I think maybe he bumps up a few spots. So I think everybody sort of wins in terms of the skill position, guys. Um, Tua, the, the immediate refrain was... Tua no longer has any excuses, right? Like that's that's going to be his name this offseason. His name is going to be Tua does not have any more excuses, Tonga Bailoa. That's going to be his full name now. Um, are we are we considering drafting him as a QB1 or is he still a QB2? He's still a QB2 for me. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Dolphins have done this perfectly. Like you've put an insane amount of offensive talent now around Tua. You upgraded your offensive line. And I think the sneaky move that they made was they brought in a reliable QB2 who, because Tua's missed a lot of time due to injury. If Tua misses time, Teddy can slide right in and be a, a, a nice backup option. But he's not good enough where fans are immediately going to be like, we have to give up on Tua to get Teddy in. So I, I think everything they've done has been really smart I, I still think Tua look I was on Tua last year as a QB2 with upside and that's kind of how I'm gonna view him this year I think for me he'll come in quarterback is deep like I think there's a top 15 that can all fit like Derek Carr Kirk Cousins are in that group they could all finish as a QB1 and then I think there's a secondary tier of high upside guys who don't bring the same floor as like a Carr or a Cousins and for me that was like Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence I think Tua deserves to slide in that tier with those guys someone who I won't want to pay a QB1 price for but has the ability to make that jump uh, and the one thing I wanted to say I sadly have to lower Jalen Waddle because in my first rankings, after the elite seven wide receivers that I was calling them, he was eight. So I'm I'm going to have to drop him a little bit. He he won't be my wide receiver eight, but he'd still be in my top 15. And Mike Gusecki, I think, is a big winner here because I, I think his volume will probably stay around the same. I was hoping it would take a little bit of a jump in this new system, but look at what Tyreek Hill helped Travis like Travis Kelsey went on this miraculous like not miraculous this amazing five six year stretch after they acquired Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill's speed and now you're gonna have Jalen Waddle on the opposite and you have Cedric Wilson who has a bunch of speed it's just gonna open up a bunch near uh, underneath near the line of scrimmage so a lot of little short dump offs to Gusecki where he can just run we know he's a good athlete that also probably means some some more dump-offs to uh, to Chase Edmonds because there's just going to be a lot of space near the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't consider the Chase Edmonds factor here. Um, this is an offense that's really intriguing now, right? And um, we're going to find out in short order whether or not the Dolphins have their franchise quarterback. Um, you know, we, we, we spent last offseason sort of looking at the Broncos, right, and, and and wondering whether or not they had their quarterback. It turns out they didn't. That's why they traded for Russell Wilson. Miami's in that same situation, right, where you've got all these pieces. You've got some good wide receivers. You've got a, a decent tight end. You've got some good running backs. The question is, do they have uh, their quarterback? And we're going to find that out really, really quickly. Uh, so back to Kansas City, though, now, right? I really liked Juju Smith-Schuster when it looked like he was going to be paired with Tyreek Hill and with with Travis Kelsey I thought that was going to get Juju back closer to where he had been a couple of years ago maybe not a thousand yard receiver but a, a guy with a solid you know 900 yards get you six to eight touchdowns puts up some decent numbers that you know maybe trend toward wide receiver too I don't feel that way anymore 
Now that Tyreek Hill's not there, and at least you know until the Chiefs maybe make another move, you're going to see a lot more coverage and a lot more attention roll toward Juju. I don't have nearly the same level of optimism for him as I did, you know, 24 hours ago in this offense. Yeah, I, my when he first signed, my thinking was like a borderline wide receiver two, maybe three, like a top 24 on, on that borderline. And I'm kind of in the same place because, yeah, I agree. Like Tyreek Hill was go- and Travis Kelsey were going to draw so much defensive attention. I was expecting a lot of one-on-ones for Juju, some more downfield shots than he got with Pittsburgh. But a lot opened up underneath because that's just what the Chiefs offense do. Now he's the new wide receiver one there. And he's going to get more defensive attention. So I'm kind of stagnant with Juju. Like I think he'll still be like a borderline top 24 wide receiver. He'll have some big games. I think he'll have some dud games. But for me, I think the biggest loser here is Travis Kelsey. Like, you you lose that field stretcher that helped open up so much underneath for him. Kelsey's already coming off of what is a down year for Travis Kelsey. Uh, he's going to be 33 next year with, you know, you lose that burner. I'm sorry, Miko Hardman, MVS who they're bringing in. None of those guys are field stretchers like Tyreek Hill is. They're not going to get the same amount of attention. I mean... We saw firsthand in the playoffs Tyreek Hill's effect because after Tyreek Hill had that long touchdown against the Bills, they went in so much deep, like prevent that the, that's how the Chiefs were able to get so much downfield in that 13 seconds. So their offense was built on teams be, fearing Tyreek Hill, and now you lose that, and you're going to have to completely recreate this offense. I know people are saying maybe they draft like a Jamison Williams. That would be great. For next year, because he's probably going to miss <laughs> half the year coming off this torn ACL. Yeah, um, I look I, the, the whole Nicole Hardman thing, right? If it was going to happen, it probably would have happened. Uh, the, the fact that the, the Chiefs kept trying to find complementary receivers, the fact that you know we had Byron Pringle as a thing. And I keep coming back to the fact that they brought they brought Josh Gordon in um, <laughs> to try to make him work out again. That that just to me says that Nicole Hardman is just not. Yeah, you know, he had 693 yards last year. That was his career high. Um, I don't know that you get much more than that out of him. I think that that is pretty close to the ceiling for him. So they really are going to have to fundamentally change the way this offense plays. And and I don't know that that they are that they can be as high powered as they have been in the past. So this makes me sort of nervous about everybody involved. Um, was was I don't know? Was Patrick Mahomes still your QB one? And and if so, is he currently your QB one? <laughs> this might sound crazy. He was not. I had. I well, it's not going to sound crazy. But I had Josh Allen as my QB one, who's been the QB one the last two years. I know it's hard to do three years in a row, but my thinking was he still has the greatest chance of finishing as the QB one of everyone. If you you know discount with the the history of how tough it is to finish as the QB one three years in a row. I then had Justin Herbert at two because I, I like his offensive pieces just as much, but he was running more than Mahomes had been. So that was the tiebreaker for me. So I had Mahomes at QB three. I'm, now I'm struggling because I'm thinking to lower him a little bit, but it's like, do I really want to put Kyler Murray ahead of him? Do I really want to put Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Lamar? Like those were the names directly behind Mahomes. So it's it's a struggle to get him out of the top three, but I think he's more of a top five guy now than top three. Yeah, I just I'm just thinking like, I mean, my immediate reaction is to keep him in the top three, but I feel like it's one of those things where the longer I stare at it and the longer I think about it, 
I probably end up moving him out of the top three. I don't know that I have the stones to move him completely out of the top five. Um, but yeah, so many things about this uh, about this Chiefs offense takes a downgrade. Uh, I also know you you had said I think earlier this offseason that you were moving Mark Andrews to your tight end one. Is that is that still the case? Yeah, he's he's my tight end one. <laughs> Travis Kelsey was my tight end two. And I am strongly considering moving him. The only issue is the all of the other tight ends that I would consider putting him up ahead of him have also had negative changes, I would say. Like, Kyle Pitts <laughs> lost Matt Ryan. Marcus Mariota, I'm sorry, is a downgrade there. Uh, Darren Waller now has Devontae Adams, who's going to get 150-plus targets. So, so that hurts a little bit. And then George Kittle lost his play caller, going to have a new quarterback. So... I was making the case that tight end is deeper. Maybe you could make the case that the the, er, the elite tight ends are more risky than ever. I think, yeah, I think that's what it, both things can be true, right? I think tight end will be deeper, but I think it's because the guys at the top are maybe coming back to the rest of the pack. It isn't that it isn't that the mid tier tight ends are elevating. I think it's the top tier tight ends are potentially coming back to earth a little bit, um, which. I don't know. It's kind of sad and kind of frustrating, but I think I think that's kind of where we are. I, I um, had people tweeting me that Gronk <laughs> is the greatest tight end ever. I don't want to argue that, but the stretch that Kelsey had the last six years is, I would say, unquestionably the greatest fantasy tight end run ever. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Um, it was just it was insane. I mean, we were, we were talking about Travis Kelsey like like a top tier wide receiver. Uh, for a while, so I think I think that's a fair argument to make. Um, all right, so that gets us to the other big trade that happened uh, last week, uh, and, and we sort of talked about it a little bit. The Packers do trade Devontae Adams to the Raiders, and, and he gets a five-year deal, $141.25 million. Um, we had talked about Devontae as being the wide receiver one, potentially. It was sort of a battle between he and Cooper Cup, uh, who was going to be that first wide receiver off the board. He is not catching passes from Aaron Rodgers anymore. Uh, Derek Carr is certainly not an awful quarterback, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. Um, is Devontae still in that conversation to be the wide receiver one, or is it just straight up Cooper Cup now? For me, it's funny, too, because last week on the pod, when when – the Rams signed Allen Robinson while we were recording. We were like, <laughs> all right, that's enough for us to put Adams as one. Two hours later, he got traded to the Raiders. I tweeted. I said, okay, that's enough for me to put Cup back at one. Um, I, I think Cup is the wide receiver one, especially after they, they traded Robert Woods there. That, that you know, helps clarify a little bit like Cup and Robinson are going to get all the volume there, I think. But... I also think like Justin Jefferson deserves to be in that conversation. I also think Jamar Chase now with how much the Bengals revamped their O-line. Like for me, those three receivers come ahead of Devontae Adams. I originally had Tyreek Hill ahead of him as well. But now with this trade, I, I would put Devontae Adams, I think, back at, in as the wide receiver four overall. So still awesome. Just a slight downgrade because he's losing Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, um, I still think, though, like if, if you're drafting and Cooper Cup is gone and you have to, quote unquote, settle for, <laughs> for Devontae Adams, you're still going to be in a good spot because I, I think you, you talk about drafting him. It's sort of like when you talk about Josh Allen, feeling like he has the best chance to finish his QB1, even if he doesn't. Um, I think with Devontae Adams, even if he's not the wide receiver one, you can feel confident that unless something goes horribly wrong, this is a guy who's going to finish as a top five wide receiver. And I just think it's it's 
that security. It's those odds sort of uh, that, that keep him one of the first two receivers off the board uh, in a lot of fantasy drafts. So if Devontae Adams is still great, which we all agree he is, what does this do for Derek Carr? I mean, this is a guy who was kind of a fringe QB1. Does he move a little higher up in that QB1 tier? Uh, Derek Carr is is probably he he to me is a lot like Kirk Cousins, right? Like we say at the end of the year this guy's going to be a QB1, but I'm not sure if I'm going to rank him as one. Like for me, uh, I, I still think, you know, you have Allen, Herbert, Mahomes, Kyler, Brady, Burrow, Lamar. I'm not putting Carr ahead of any of those guys. I think after that, he's in the conversation. But, like, as of now, I still have – I still ranked in my – and I got a lot of heat for this on Twitter the other day. But I still had, like, Hertz and Lance and Stafford and Dak ahead of him as of now. But for me – Carr is one of those, I think there's like 13 quarterbacks that you could, and Kirk Cousins and Carr round that list out, that like, you can make a strong case to be a QB1, so I think he's going to get a lot of hype, it all depends on his price, but if Derek Carr's going as a low-end QB1, I'm completely fine with that, if people start paying more of a top 10 or even higher price, then I'm out. We were talking about this just before we started the show, um, is he the fourth best quarterback in the AFC West? In my opinion, he is. Like, I, I think Mahomes is unquestionably better. I, I would say Herbert has one of the strongest and best arms in football. And then Russ is Russ. Like, he's proven he's won a Super Bowl. To me, I would put Carr fourth in that division. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm willing to, I don't know, I'm willing to, to, to listen to an argument between Russ and Derek Carr. Um, yeah. It would be I, the I, nicest I, argument in the world. <laughs> I'm willing I'm willing to, to listen to a conversation between them. I, 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 I think Mahomes is one. I think Herbert's two. I think that's clear cut to me. Where, you know, number three is, I think, for me, at least up for debate. But it also speaks to how loaded that division is at quarterback with those four guys there. Um, tell you, man, the path to the Super Bowl in the NFC has opened up considerably. Uh, with everybody moving to the AFC, we could skip the skip ahead this season and pretty much just make it the Rams versus the Bucks for the NFC. I think. I mean, just yeah, let's just let's just go on and do that. Make it Rams versus Bucks, and let's just get it over with. Um, okay, so now that Devontae's out of Green Bay, though, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was a guy that was kind of going in the seventh round. He was generally ranked the QB, you know, seven, eight, nine, somewhere around there. Does he stay there? Because as of now, I don't, I don't like any of his wide receivers. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're seeing people make the case for, like, Alan Lazard and stuff on Twitter. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh, I get, it's like, only March, I, I can't, man. We can't, be, we can't be doing those hot takes in March, right? <laughs> Save those for August, man. Seriously. Uh, but I, 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 I keep expecting the Packers to do something at wide receiver, and they keep not. Like, why were they not in on Tyreek Hill? Why? Like, they just let Juju go. Like, the, Alan Robinson, there were so many pieces that made sense. Maybe they finally invest a first-round pick in a wide receiver, but yeah, I think you have to downgrade Aaron Rodgers right now. Like last week when I did my early rankings uh, for the top quarterbacks, I had him at nine, just ahead of Dak, Lance, Hurts, Stafford, Carr, Cousins, and I'm like, if you want to put any of those guys ahead of Aaron Rodgers, I'm fine with it. Like I think for me, the top eight is set. But after that, I think you could jumble those names in any order, and I won't argue you. Yeah. Um, 
So I, what I'm curious about is, because I think we've gotten past the point of, like I say, the, the muscle memory of Aaron Rodgers being a QB1. Like I think we, we have sort of cleared ourselves of that. But now the question is, do we overcorrect, right? Because now we're getting to the point where we're like, well, he has nobody there to throw to. And then we tend to overcorrect and he falls. Um, I still I still think he's in the top 10. I just think he's, he's Aaron Rodgers. He'll figure out a way to make things happen. Uh, and I, I just want to believe somewhere down deep that the Packers are going to do something to add some wide receiver help. Somebody's like, well, Robert Tunyon's back. I'm like, so? Um, <laughs> all pieces that they failed with for years that we're going to talk ourselves into getting excited about. Yeah, and that's the thing. Is like even even when they still it looked like they were still going to have Devonte Adams. I'm like, okay, that's cool. And and I think we talked about this last week with Randy uh, or a couple weeks ago that like, okay, there's still a sense, ostensibly the same team that keeps getting you know into the playoffs and stubbing their toe. Now they're not even that good. So I. It hurts. The thing about like a guy like Alan Lazard, who I saw getting some hype on Twitter, is like he's one of those players that in a limited sample size, uh, where he's the wide receiver three on the field with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. Yeah, his per route or per target numbers are gonna look good. But then when you when you take that and you make him the top option and you're giving him a hundred and 20 30 targets something like that and defenses are now covering him like like we've seen a lot of receivers who have thrived in like a limited role and and fantasy twitter makes the case that this guy should get a larger role we've seen a lot of those players fail i'm fine taking a shot on the volume if lazard's going as like a wide receiver three but if people start hyping him up and he goes like more than that i'm gonna be out and i'll be okay being wrong if that ends up being the case but to me it's a lot more risky than anything Absolutely. Um, so, like, I, I just want to keep an eye on what what the Packers do this off season because I mean, now you've got two teams with two major holes to fill. Uh, you know, I know there's there's talk that wide receivers are starting to become a little more interchangeable, but I don't think you easily easily replace Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill. You just don't. The real winners in all of this, in my opinion, are the rookie wide receivers in the NFL draft. Because the Mm -hmm. teams now that are talking about needing receivers are the Chiefs, the Packers, (laughs) the Bills tied to that. You're going to go and play with a great quarter, unless you go to Philly. Whoever ends up in Philly, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Are you you out on Jalen Hurts? No, I, I like Jalen Hurts as a player. I just think they're that system they run the ball so much and they already right. have Goddard and Smith that like whoever goes there is gonna get significantly less volume than if you went to one of those other teams. I keep saying they just need to go on and sign Jarvis Landry uh, that and would be, be done with fit. it. I think it's a good fit. I think I think they could use a guy like Jarvis Landry. It doesn't necessarily make them super high powered or exciting, but I think he works well uh, in what they want to do in that offense. Um, the other I keep saying the other big news. There's so much big news. The uh, the other big blockbuster news that happened last week, uh, Deshaun Watson is back, uh, is expected to be back on the field, I guess, at some point soon. He has been traded uh, to the Cleveland Browns in a deal that includes three first-round picks. Uh, look, in the time since it's happened, I mean, you can go easily on the internet and find people who have read or have written, have said, um, have podcasted any number of things about Deshaun Watson and what this means. Um, I will simply say this. Deshaun Watson is getting the largest guaranteed contract in the history of the NFL. Deshaun Watson also has 22 civil suits pending against him. Um, those are just the facts. Uh, people will feel how they feel about it. Uh, you know, I have sort of said that I don't, I don't know how the Browns uh, or the NFL can kind of square this without sort of looking hypocritical, but... It is football. It is what happens, especially when you are talented. 
Uh, so we talk about fantasy because it's uncomfortable, but that's what we do. Um, so Deshaun Watson back in the league, uh, assuming you know he's going to face a suspension, but when he is back on the field, is he back as a top five quarterback? Probably, yeah. Um, I, I don't... So the big caveat hanging over him is, is he going to get suspended or not? So as of now, I wouldn't rank him in the top five per se. But if he come out, like if we knew there was no suspension, yeah, he's back in the top five for me. Like he might be three. Like I I would still have him behind Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. But I think after that, you, you can have any discussion of him versus Mahomes, him versus Kyler, him versus Brady. Like, and to me, Watson might come. I would imagine Watson probably comes out on top now over all of them because Mahomes just lost Tyreek Hill. Kyler's lost offensive pieces this year. So I, I think so. And I took heat on Twitter the other day uh, because I said that Josh Allen was better than Deshaun Watson and people were not happy with me. And I was like, oh, I didn't think that was much of a hot take. But like, <laughs> for me, I was still putting him at four at best but now with this Tyreek Hill trade I, I think he probably leapfrogs Mahomes yeah I mean he might with the yeah with one less weapon there uh knowing that he goes to Cleveland and uh I mean look the last time the last time we saw Deshaun Watson he ended up leading the league in passing 4,800 yards uh he had 30 33 touchdowns that year also ran for uh, was rushing total 444 yards. I mean, so we know that he's got the rushing upside as well. Um, you know, everything points to him when he's there and, and playing that he is, you know, a guy with top five potential. Um, Amari Cooper, we weren't really excited about him when Baker Mayfield looked like he was going to be the starting quarterback. Now that Baker, I don't know what's going on with Baker. Uh, we can talk about that too, but, uh, with Deshaun Watson obviously looking to be the starting quarterback long term, are we talking about Amari Cooper being a solid wide receiver one now in this offense? I Not for me. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong on that. But Amari Cooper has never been – He's one time in his career did he finish as a fantasy wide receiver one and never has he finished higher than 15 in, in fantasy points per game at the position. So – I know you could make easily make the case that Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback that he's ever played with, but Dak Prescott is not bad. Like that, especially <laughs> if you compare on deep balls over the last few seasons. Like you could make the argument that Dak was actually more efficient and and was better. And I know people made the case well he had a better supporting cast. I get that. To me though, there's going to be more defensive attention now on Amari Cooper. Because there's no Lamb, there's no Gallup, there's no Schultz. But the biggest win for me for Amari Cooper, it's not Deshaun Watson. It's the fact that he's just going to get more volume, I think, in this Mm -hmm. offense because there is less target competition. I I still value him, though, as a high-end wide receiver, too. Like, if if I could get him in the second round or the third round to pair with another wide receiver, I would feel great about that. But him as my one, I'm still worried that he's just going to be what he's always been, and that's weekly, very inconsistent week by week. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the biggest point for me is that there isn't a huge upgrade in quarterback. I mean, you know, Dak, as you mentioned, Dak, Dak's good, right? Dak, Dak gets the ball out. The Cowboys throw the ball a lot. They throw it pretty effectively. Um, so I don't, I don't think – you know, in terms of, of the guys around him, he gets an upgrade. And you're right. There's Right now, there's not a lot around Amari to sort of protect him. They don't have Jarvis Landry. I mean, Odell's long gone. Um, I mean, I guess if you believe in the power of David Njoku, um, 
than I, I guess, but there is less help for Amari Cooper there in, uh, in Cleveland. I do love that Browns fans are now calling for Odell to come back, and it's like not even six months ago you guys ran him out of town. <laughs> uh, fickle fans, man. Just so fickle. Um, but since we're here, what happens to Baker Mayfield? I mean, he's he's running out of places to go. Everybody, like the, the game of musical chairs, uh, there's not a lot of seats left. And I, I thought it was funny yesterday where, you know, the Panthers were like, yeah, we don't want Baker Mayfield. And he's like, well, I don't want to go there. I'm like, uh, okay. Like the, the phrase mutual disinterest was used with the Panthers and Baker Mayfield. So as of this moment, he is still a Cleveland Brown, but it is apparent that neither side wants to be in this marriage anymore. But I don't know how they get out of it right now. To me, I, I, I think the Browns and... Unfortunately, I think the 49ers are big losers right now in this quarterback musical chair because there's, unless a surprise third team, maybe the Falcons aren't completely sold a Mariota or something like that, but it seems like the Panthers and the Seahawks are the only two teams left in need of a quarterback. I don't think the Niners would trade Jimmy G within the same division. So I tweeted yesterday, I was like, hey, let's just put Baker in Seattle, Jimmy G in Carolina, and like we can move on with this NFL season. Because to me, that still feels like the most likely scenario, But unless maybe a third team pops up. But there also could be someone like Garner Minshew maybe that becomes available on the trade block. So it, I, I'm still thinking, though, that Baker ends up in Seattle. I don't think they're sold on Drew Locke. They still have a, a talent there. Pete Carroll... Is too old to, to enter a rebuild process, I think. So I think he'll try to go for it without Russ. And I don't think that, that means they're going to go with it with Drew Locke. And we've heard rumors that they like Malik Willis, but you can put me in the camp of I don't think Malik Willis makes it to pick nine anymore. So I'm thinking Baker ends up uh, maybe for like a third or fourth round pick ends up in Seattle. Yeah, Seattle seems like the only real option at this point um and I, i'm sort of with you on the niners that i think they they sort of overplayed their hand with garoppolo he's 30 he's got a huge contract he's coming off shoulder surgery it's really going to be hard to get anything of value for him um maybe they do a swap i've heard you know suggestions that they just do a swap with carolina straight up for sam darnold uh can't say i love that um you know there, there's even talk that maybe they just hold on to him and when the inevitable quarterback injury happens, then you can find a trade partner, uh, you know, to, to go with that. You know, that will make for some I just awkward. Want him gone, because I don't want I don't want a quarterback controversy. I want. Trey See, Lance. I was gonna say this, that's just gonna make it awkward, right? With if we go, if if we get into training camp and Jimmy and Trey Lance are both there and they're competing, uh, it's gonna be really really awkward. Um, has has your friend continued sending the daily text? Uh, it has been a little more inconsistent, but they do pop up. <laughs> they do pop up uh, every once in a while. Yeah, uh, I can't. Even, I don't even know how many days we're on. We're probably like forty days now out from from Jimmy Garoppolo throwing a soul crushing interception uh, in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, that's it's still happening. Um, <laughs> so the other thing, and you sort of mentioned this, and this was not planned, but I you know, now that that you brought it up, the Malik Willis hype right the, the hype train is has left the station you know and i saw you tweet about this and i've seen this other places that there's talk about the lions taking him at number two um okay and this isn't to denigrate malik willis but let's 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 not forget that it wasn't that long ago the consensus was that there weren't any 
real savior quarterbacks in this draft, right? That there weren't any guys that were worth necessarily, you know, trading the farm to move up and get. There were no Trevor Lawrences, right? There were no, uh, you know, no Trey Lances that people were super excited about in this draft. So I think it's funny that now we're talking about Malik Willis moving up to number two, potentially overall, um, you know, that that being at nine is not going to be enough. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't have a real question here. It just feels like that that weird kind of draft season hype thing that always happens. And I think Malik Willis right now is being the, uh, I guess, the, the recipient of that. Yeah, to me, the fact that there is no clear-cut number one quarterback makes Malik Willis the number one quarterback, in my opinion, because, like, Kenny Pickett and, and those guys, like, their ceiling is being, like, an average NFL starter, where I think, like, Malik Willis's ceiling is being one of these like dynamic can can like he has an absolute cannon we saw that on display yesterday at, at his pro day he can run like Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts or Kyler Murray so those are the quarterbacks that Deshaun Watson like that Josh Allen you know like they're, they're taking over the NFL you have to be able to run you have to have a really strong arm the things about Malik Willis is he's a little bit more raw he needs to work on his accuracy his throwing motion but to me I would rather take a shot on drafting that upside and developing it than taking someone who I think like, all right, maybe this guy could be like Mac Jones for a few years or someone like that. And and I saw someone, I forget who on Twitter, said it's easier to live with it if you take a shot of Malik Willis and it doesn't work out than if you're too scared and he ends up breaking out and is like the next all-star quarterback. So I, I sign up for that thinking. And I said if... There's smoke about the Lions taking him at two. If you're the Panthers or or the Falcons or Seahawks or one of these teams that need a quarterback, maybe you call the Jaguars and you say, hey, we want to jump the Lions. You're the only path that we could do so. So the Jags might come away from this being the big winner. Well, I think, look, I think if you are, say, the Lions, right, and you're not giving up assets to get a guy like Malik Willis, I think it definitely makes a lot more sense because you can move on from him. Like, let's let's go back not that long ago, the... the uh, Cardinals took Josh Rosen at what, nine, 10, something like that. That didn't work out. A year later, they went and they get Kyler Murray at number one because they didn't have to give up a lot of assets. I think the 49ers, for instance, are in a slightly different situation because they are a little more committed to making sure Trey Lance sort of works because they gave up a lot to move up to get him. So I think they're sort of, they're sort of more pot committed to this one. Not that they can't, you know, decide if in a year or two that it's not working, they try to do something different. But they're a little more tied up because they gave up assets to try to get him. So I'm, I, I'm interested to see how this goes. I think if you're the Lions, like you could draft him and let him sit for f at least like part of the season behind mm -hmm. a Jared Goff. If you trade up and take the kid at like one or two, you're you're probably gonna have to start him right away. And I don't know yeah. if that's the best case. I don't know if that's I don't know if that works out for you. Um, more quarterback news because there's been a lot of quarterback news. The Falcons trade Matt Ryan to Indianapolis for a third round pick in 2022. Uh, the last couple years. Ryan's been on the fringe of QB one-dom, right? He's been, you know, quarterback 13, 12, 11, somewhere around there. It's been a few years since uh, he had his MVP-type season where he was the QB2 overall in fantasy. Can he get firmly back into that QB1 tier? He's got a good offensive line. He's got some decent young weapons. He's got a really good running back. Uh, are we looking more as him maybe knocking on the door of the top 10? Not for me, and part <laughs> of it is just how deep quarterback is. Like, right. I don't even know if he would make my top 15 at this point, but I, I think he is a strong quarterback to uh, 
I kind of think he'll be similar to Carson Wentz was last year. Like, he'll have some really strong game. He'll be consistent. Like, that was the thing about Carson Wentz was, like, he was never giving you 25-plus fantasy points, but he was giving you, like, 18 to 22 pretty much every single week because he would throw for, like, 250 and two touchdowns. And I could see Derek Carr... Uh, I'm sorry, I could see Matt Ryan having that exact type of production, like where he's consistent each week, but he's more of like a high-end QB2 than anything. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably fair. Uh, he's a good, he's a really good streaming option at quarterback, right? He's a guy that I wouldn't mind having on my roster for injuries, for bye weeks. Um, I don't know that I feel comfortable starting him every week. I think those days are sort of gone, but, you know, look, there are still moments. He still has ability, right? He's not, he's not completely washed. This isn't a Ben Roethlisberger in, you know, the last days of Pittsburgh sort of situation. Um, there's still something there. What does this do for Michael Pittman? Though? I mean, you know, I love Michael Pittman. I know you like Michael Pittman. Uh, does this, does this elevate Michael Pittman? I, I think it 100% does. Like, I, I'm thinking Michael Pittman top 15 wide receiver uh, in, in my probably my ranks once I sit down and actually do them all but Matt Ryan is for lack of a better word a better quarterback than Carson Wentz like the numbers all indicate that uh and what I especially like is Wentz threw more to his tight ends than Matt Ryan did whereas Matt Ryan will heavily target his wide receivers and not only will he like Wentz throws to the middle of the field a lot Matt Ryan likes to throw to the outside parts of the field uh and that's that's where Michael Pittman lines up. 81% of his uh, routes last year were out wide. So, And Ryan has uh, is a better deep ball thrower, I would say, at this point as well. So I, I think this could definitely elevate Michael Pittman. And I also think Jonathan Taylor maybe could get some more dump-offs here because Matt Ryan is a statue. Wentz doesn't run, but he can <laughs> scramble. There's a difference. Like he will right. scramble and create some time with his legs. Matt Ryan will not do that. Matt Ryan's like Philip Rivers a couple years ago. He's gonna feel any pressure. He's gonna just find the closest guy and dump it off. Yeah, uh, I mean, like I said, I I, I like those guys uh, more with Matt Ryan than with Carson Wentz, just because with Wentz it was so inconsistent. You just never, you just never really knew what you're gonna get from week to week. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there, but I do like Michael Pittman a little bit more. Uh, and you know, look, Jonathan Taylor was probably the consensus number one back or number one player in fantasy, uh, drafts this year. Uh, if this, if this elevates his potential to catch the ball more then uh, I think you just sort of lock him in as the 1.01 at this point. Um, last, I guess, semi big piece of news, the Falcons, uh, bring in Marcus Mariota. We sort of talked about that a little bit, but, uh, he replaces Matt Ryan, at least for the moment at quarterback in Atlanta. Uh, you kind of hinted at this. Do you think he'll be their starting quarterback in week one? As of now, I do, because it seems like the the market is kind of like, I don't expect them to trade for Baker. I don't expect them to trade for Jimmy G. And then even if they draft a quarterback, it seems like a situation where they would let Mariota start. And then eventually the rookie would take over. Um, probably wouldn't be that long of a wait, I would imagine, but uh, I think at the very least he starts week one. And the only good news I have on this is that when he was with the Titans, and, and specifically when he was with Arthur Smith, he targeted his tight end a lot. And it was pointed out to me that Delaney Walker was the best option on that team. And I was like, cool. Kyle Pitts is the best option by far on this team. So I actually saw someone the other day made a, uh, a graphic of the Falcons like offensive weapons and it was like Marcus Mariota, Kyle Pitts, uh Cordero Patterson and then at wide receiver it was like some dude, another dude and I was like, "Yep, that's basically their wide receiver." Room. 
Uh, it kind of is. You were saying that, I just thought of Robert Downey Jr. from Tropic Thunder. Like, I'm the dude who's playing the dude disguised as another dude. Like, that's <laughs> that's kind of the Falcons wide receiver room right now. Um, yeah, Kyle Pitts is easily the best option there. Um, we'll talk about Cordero Patterson in a little bit, but it there's just not a lot to be excited about with the uh, with the Falcons offense. I did a TikTok uh, about like just trying to figure out who's going to catch passes other than Kyle Pitts there, and uh, I mean what Olamide Zacchaeus. Um, mm. I you know I, I don't know. I just I really don't know. This is an offense that not that long ago had Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Not that long ago, and now it's it's gone from being a who's who to a who's that. So like, their first round pick, if it's not a receiver, I I would be shocked. Yeah, I just don't know. I have no idea, man. All right, uh, this show looks like it's gonna be as long as last week's show. I hadn't planned on it, but you know things happen and uh, news happens. So I'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll go through some more of these moves. Maybe uh, not quite as high profile, but maybe definitely just as fantasy relevant. Uh, I'll do that after the break on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? 
Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, so uh, some more things that have happened in the last week. Uh, I am scrolling Twitter as we do this, and fortunately, no other big news has broken since we uh, have started this show, so let's just keep our fingers crossed that, that it stays that way. But uh, the Bucks are bringing back Lombardi Lenny, three years, $21 million for Leonard Fournette. Uh, Leonard Fournette last year was the RB6 uh, at the end of the season. Really good year for him. At the moment, Ronald Jones is a free agent, not expected to come back. I mean, look, I know what Keyshawn Vaughn is still there. Uh, he never really showed that he was going to break into the, the lineup on a regular basis. Um, I mean, is it crazy to say that Leonard Fournette could be a top five, maybe even a top three running back? Is that I wild? Don't think, I don't think it's crazy. I, I'm not going to have him ranked as one. He will pro like, I, I was working yesterday on my redo of my top 12. Like, for me, the top guys are still JT, Eckler. I, I still believe in Christian McCaffrey. I have Derrick Henry. Then, like, Mixon, Najee Harris. I think after that six, like, Fournette deserves to be in the conversation. Like, Fournette, Dalvin Cook, and, and some of those other deeper options. I, I think he's very much so in that range, especially there's not a lot of competition there for touches. Like, Keyshawn Vaughn, I think, is their only other back. Tom Brady loves to throw to the running backs. We know that they're going to run Leonard Fournette a lot near the goal line. So I, I don't think it's crazy. Like, again, I wouldn't draft him as a top three or top five. Right. But definitely as an RB1, I think he's very much so in play. I mean, I guess that's the thing, right? Because you're not going to draft him that. Like, he's not going to go anywhere near the first round. Um, but the way that offense works, I mean, Tom Brady is back. Um, there's no real competition for, for opportunities there. He's going to catch the football. He's going to get some goal line opportunities. Like, he has the potential to have that kind of season. I mean, I'm looking like, look, guys that I think will finish ahead of him. Jonathan Taylor, for sure. Austin Eckler, right? I mean, a, a healthy Derrick Henry probably finishes maybe ahead of him. So maybe he's not top three. But, I mean, beyond that, what? He is he he's in the same neighborhood potentially as a Joe Mixon. Uh, we'll see what happens with Christian McCaffrey. I guess he he kind of he slots in that top three, top three or four somewhere too. Um, but Leonard Fournette is a top five back, finishing as a top five back just doesn't seem ridiculous. He's not going to get drafted anywhere near that top five ranking. He could end up being just a huge huge value for somebody, um, which is why. I know Jacksonville, look, I, I know they feel like they've found something with James Robinson and they hope that Travis Etienne can be something. But do you think they look back and they're like, we had this dude. Like, we 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 had Leonard Fournette in our building and it didn't work out. Like, I just wonder if they kind of look back and just shake their heads at what might have been with him. I, I, I think Tom Brady deserves a lot of credit. Like, I, I don't know if Leonard Fournette is what he is without 
the Bucks, you know? And I was going to, do you think we could, if Chris Godwin is hurt or limited to start the year because he had that late season ACL injury, do you think we just see more like Leonard Fournette to kind of make up for it? I think so. I think just a lot of short passes to Leonard Fournette, get him out in space, let him do his thing. Um, yeah, I, I think that really, well, there's Russell Gage too. I guess we can't forget oh, yeah, Russell Gage right. being there. So, so he gets a lot of work there. But That feels I, like forever ago. It does feel like forever. I mean, that was like day one, wasn't it? A free agency. That was like the first day, which, which you know, what has been, literally it's been a week, but it feels like it's been like a month. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. Nicolette was very impressed that uh, Tom Brady personally called Russell Gage and convinced him to uh, to sign there. Yeah. Like, wow. Tom Brady deserves a lot of credit. I mean, look, and to the point that Russell Gage thought it was a prank call, which I guess, like, I get it. Like, I if somebody called my phone, I was like, hey, this is Tom Brady. I'd be like, yeah, all right, sure. Um, what do you want, <laughs> Even, jerk? Like, he's Russell Gage, and he was like, uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Tom Brady for that. Um, Robert Woods is no longer a Ram. He was traded to the Tennessee Titans for a sixth rounder in 2023. In fact, uh, I believe he is having his press conference. If, if, if my timeline is to be believed, he is having his press conference uh, as we speak. Um I know that, you know, people immediately saw this. They were sort of down on Robert Woods. I don't know. I feel like he keeps maybe not the exact same value, but similar value. And I like the idea of him and A.J. Brown together. And I'm just wondering, can he be the guy for this offense that Julio Jones just couldn't be because Julio couldn't stay healthy? I think he can be that guy in real life. I don't love his fantasy outlook in this situation. And it's just because, look, when... The, the Titans offense is built around the run game like Derrick Henry is who Derrick Henry is and then AJ Brown is going to get so much volume like last year in, in the games where they were both healthy both receivers Julio and AJ Brown Julio averaged five and a half targets per game and in the games where all three of them were healthy including Derrick Henry that was 5.8 targets per game for for Julio so an aging Bobby Trees coming off of the ACL I, I don't expect him to see like a lot more volume than Julio saw so for fantasy I'm probably out but I think for real life he can be a really dynamic player for for this team especially because I think sneakily what he can do in the run game adds a lot to to that Titans offense because you're already going to be worried about them running up the middle and now you can incorporate more jet sweeps and stuff into the, to this offense I think it helps the real life offense, but I don't love it for fantasy. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just you know got my cardinal and gold goggles on, and I'm still sort of blinded by it. I still think look, I love the fact that I think the draft price is going to be nice because I think a lot of people sort of feel that way. So that's going to depress the uh, the ADP a little bit. So I'm totally down with that. Um, I still think he can be good. I still think there's something there, and I think I think he's definitely a nice compliment to AJ Brown. Um, Did that trade make you make you a Van Stan again? Uh, kinda, but like it. I, I guess I have to wait and see if the Rams decide they're going to bring back OBJ. Although what, Odell's probably not going to be available until late in the season anyway. Um, you know, there's still Cup. There's still there's still Robinson. Um, I want to be a Van Stan in my heart. I just need to see what else the Rams are going to do in this off season before I can fully commit. The nickname to that. LA Rob. I'm here for. Oh, I haven't heard that, but I like it. The Rams I totally posted like it yesterday, it. and I was like, "That, that's it. Yeah, this is already better it. than his tenure in Chicago. Yep, L.A. Rob. I'm down. I'm totally down for that. I remember once after uh, after one of his really frustrating years in uh, in Jacksonville with Blake Bortles, I saw him 
this actually was during the Super Bowl in San Francisco. I saw him uh, getting a slice uh, at, at Blondie's Pizza in San Francisco, uh, like a you know, slice of pepperoni and a soda. And I wanted to go talk to him and just say, I feel bad that your situation in Jacksonville is not great. But I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to let this dude eat his pizza. I'm going to let him live. Let him eat his pizza. I'm not going to bother him. But uh, yeah, I, I wanted to just reach out. Oh, yeah, probably did. Um, so there. Uh, we sort of talked about Juju uh, with the Chiefs. Um, it was a different situa- situation uh, a couple hours ago when it looked like he was going to be playing with Tyreek Hill. Uh, now he's sort of carrying this offense. Um, I don't know. I think we, we kind of spoke on that a little bit. Uh, any, I was going to say, you know, project him for about 900 yards, but that was before. I mean, does he, does he get back to 1,000 yards if they don't replace Tyreek Hill in that offense? Probably off volume alone, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, like losing Tyreek, he's going to get more volume, but he's now going to get more defensive attention and less room to run after the catch. So it's, to me, it's kind of a break even point. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably about right. Um, uh, a few kind of lesser moves around the league. The bills uh, agreed to terms with Jamison Crowder. Uh, I was really kind of hoping that maybe Isaiah McKenzie was going to become a thing. Uh, is that, is that dream dead for the moment? This takes a lot of a lot of shine off of it. I, I still think, like, if you ask me, I, I would argue that McKenzie's a better player. He at least brings more dynamic to the offense. He's really fast. Um, so I think he could earn more playing time. The Bills ran a lot of three and four wide receiver sets last year. It's them and the Cardinals who run that many four wide receiver sets. So it's not completely dead, but I, I would say it's it's hurting. It's on life support, maybe. Yeah, um, I thought I thought it was gonna happen after they they let go of Cole Beasley, uh, and then they bring in Jamison Crowder, which you know sort of seems like a one to one replacement for Cole Beasley essentially, for what they're doing. Um, Rashad Penny going back to Seattle on a one year deal. I've seen a lot of excitement about Rashad Penny based on the way he finished last season, and it was insane his finish to uh, to last year. It was kind of the the performance that the Seahawks had been hoping for when they drafted him. I mean, this was a speedster out of San Diego State. Never could stay healthy, never could stay on the field consistently. But uh, let's go back from week 14 uh, through the end of the year. He ran for 671 yards on 92 carries, had six touchdowns. Uh, it was just a phenomenal end of the year. Real or mirage, though, for Rashad Penny with that? I, I think it's real. And, and I was hesitant to say that um but then i was looking more into it and like you pick a stat doesn't matter any rushing stat in those final six weeks he led the nfl in it and by far so i i think it's real my only concern well injury is obviously like i'm not going to rank him as an rb1 but i think he has that upside but there's the injury concern is very very real because it took three and a half years to see him get on the field this consistently i also am wondering well, what's going to happen with chris carson like as of right now, if I had to guess, I would uh, I would guess that he is cut. Um, I think he's got a, a post-June 1st out on his contract. But if he's there and Pete Carroll seems to love Chris Carson, then I, I think we have to consider that. And that obviously hurts Rashad Penny's value. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though. With Drew Locke at quarterback, does Pete Carroll want to establish the run more? Which means yes. maybe both those guys, right? both those guys get some, some work. Um yeah, they do have a potential out uh, this year on on Chris Carson. So I don't know if they take that and decide they're going to finally turn things over to Rashad Penny. Um, you know, obviously the 
look, I mean, his last two games, he ran for 170 and 190. That is not necessarily sustainable over the course of a, a full season. Um, but if he stays healthy and he gets the job, uh, maybe he does kind of become that new Chris Carson, that guy. You know, Chris Carson is that guy that we, we sort of overlooked and we're like, hey, you draft him as a, a running back two, and then he gives you like some decent, you know, borderline uh, running back one numbers. Maybe that can be... Uh, Carson and, and Penny to me are the pointing Spider-Man gift. Like they're, they they're really both are. very talented, but they just mm -hmm. cannot stay on the field. They can't stay healthy, right? Exactly. I think that's that's a that's a really good description of them. Um, Cordero Patterson back in Atlanta. I don't think that surprises literally anybody there. Um, I had sort of believed that last year was kind of an anomaly that he couldn't repeat what he did last year because it was so amazing. But then the the Falcons, you know, Calvin Ridley is. Kind of suspected he was gone, but now we know for sure he's not going to play next year. Uh, Matt Ryan is gone. Just looking around at what's there in Atlanta, maybe he repeats it, at least on volume alone. Maybe he, maybe he kind of comes close to what he did last year just because who else is going to get the ball there? Yeah. I, what I didn't like is down the stretch last year, they stopped using him as a receiver as much and used him more as a traditional running back. And I think it kind of wore him down. as he, like He got less and less efficient as the year went on. I'm hoping to see more. What I was hoping for for Patterson, and I still think it's a path is open for it, uh, bring in a running back like a Ronald Jones or someone like that who can split carries with Patterson, can take the beating on those short carries, and can also handle the ball when you want to put Patterson out wide. To me, I think that would be the best case scenario for Patterson. Look, he was an RB1 for a lot of last year. I, I don't think he's anywhere close to an RB1. But he could be a solid RB two or flex option, I think, for sure in this offense. Yeah, I think I think that's probably the best the best way to describe. It. I mean, last year was um, it just came out of the blue. You know, nobody expected that to happen. I mean, we we all went into the season thinking Mike Davis was going to be the lead back, and Cordero was kind of the guy, you know, the, the number two guy, the guy to fill in, maybe be the the gadget player, and then it switched uh, by the end of the year. So I think he'll start the year as a starter, but I just don't think he can be. Uh, as productive as he was last year. It just feels nearly impossible. Um, last one, Chargers signed Gerald Everett, two years, $12 million. Um, I feel like the Chargers, like, they don't, they don't put a lot of effort into tight end, but they end up seeing to get like talented player. I mean, you know, like, like the last couple of years, it's been Jared Cook. I mean, Hunter Henry never quite panned out the way they wanted to. So really since Antonio Gates, they've kind of been looking to fill that. Uh, I don't think Gerald Everett is that guy necessarily, but I guess he's, you know, he's kind of a nice streaming option, I guess is the best way to describe him at this point. You, you could say that I'm not able to quit Gerald Everett because I was in on him last year. I thought he had potential <laughs> with the Rams. Um, I, I like this signing. I, I think it's a sneaky, sneaky signing because I'm very high on the Chargers, as if you can't tell from the, the rest of the podcast already. <laughs> um to me, I, when he signed, I said he enters that tight end two. Like, he's not a tight end one for me, but he enters that tight end two with upside group. Like, Albert O is in that group. Uh, I, I would put Evan Ingram in that group. There, there's a long list of, like, tight end twos that I think have the upside to make that jump. Maybe not consistently every week, but to have some nice weeks and you could stream them. I think Gerald Everett slides right in. Yeah, I think that's that's about right. I think that's fair. Um you know, he's not going to get drafted, but he'll be out there on the waiver wire probably when you need him uh, at some point. So, uh, all right. I think that's it. I think I think we, we covered pretty much everything. Um, there's still some some decent names out there. We talked about a lot of these guys last week. I mean, Baker, Jimmy Garoppolo, Melvin Gordon, Rojo. 
Uh, wide receivers have a, still some very interesting names between Odell, Julio Jones, Jarvis Landry, Cole Beasley. Uh, Will Fuller is technically still out there as a free agent. I know there He's was talk. to Cleveland already. Yeah. I mean, I think that was the talk, right? He goes to Cleveland. He reunites with Deshaun Watson. And we're just sort of done. Put Julio in, India, in Indianapolis with the Colts, man. That's what I want to see. Get him back together with Matt Ryan. If we're just if we're gonna have reunions, let's just do it all up like that and get him. United with Matt Ryan, let him teach Michael Pittman Jr. And that would have to be the second time in a row Michael Pittman Jr. was like, "Nah, I'm holding on to number 11 because he already <laughs> right? bullied Carson Wentz last year." <laughs> Although here's the thing, would he give it up for Julio? Julio is at least more, way more accomplished than Carson Wentz was. Like I sort of get like, all right, Carson Wentz, I'm not giving up, but Julio Jones, like maybe we we work something out. The, the yeah. only thing, like, Julio's probably, like, a year or two bef- away from retirement. Like, Wentz, when they traded for him, you thought he was there for a while. And <laughs> it was not established at all, and he was still like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, um, that was funny. Like, he's like, I had no, a Colts fan him. tweet me that they have bought a Luck, Rivers, and Wentz jersey, and they're going to buy a Matt Ryan jersey. No! Like, stop! Just stop! <laughs> Just Stop! Imagine uh, getting all those jerseys and every year just having to get a new one. Just getting a new one. Just stop. Wow. <laughs> all right. Uh, you did mention MVS, though. He's uh, he's talking to the Chiefs, so we'll see if uh, maybe he lands in Kansas City. Uh, definitely not a Tyreek Hill replacement, but you know, at least a field stretcher I'd, potentially. I'd buy him for fantasy if he goes there, unless he gets you know these Alan Lazard hype treatment or something like that. He, but he will. He will. He will be the downfield threat in a Patrick Mahomes-led offense. He will get the Alan Lazard hype treatment. It's just going to happen. A um, yeah. couple of tight ends. Gronk's still out there. Whether or not he comes back to play at all, we still don't even know that. And then uh, Austin Hooper uh, is still a free agent. So those are some of the, the big names that are still out there. I'm almost remember when free agency basically like contained itself to like a couple of days and then died down. That's I, gone now. I expected by like last Thursday all of these players to be signed and and then every time a, a big name player gets traded, you're like, wow, well that's probably the biggest. Tra-. And then it just it like, keeps escalating. You, I would have bet my life savings that Tyreek Hill would be a chief this year. As of last night, as of when I woke up this morning, I would have bet that. And he's a dolphin now. I mean. Just wait. Just wait until the middle of the NBA Finals, and then the uh, the Bucks trade Tom Brady to the Niners for Jimmy Garoppolo. Like that's what's gonna happen. It'll Stephon be like, Diggs know, is all of us. He tweeted today. He's like, "What the hell is going <laughs> what the on? The hell's going on? Like, seriously, <laughs> that is exact. That was kind of the the base best way to sum up what's happened for the last week. So, all right, I'm I'm out of breath now. Uh, by the way. Um, we do have a TV show coming up uh, later this week on Thursday. Well, today's Wednesday. So tomorrow, uh, Thursday, it'll be uh, the NFL Fantasy Live free agency fallout. Uh, so full disclosure, I got to go do some homework uh, to kind of prep for that show as soon as we are done here. Um, hopefully nothing big happens between now and the time we tape that show because that's going to blow. That's In not my NFL, fault. Nah. No, nah. I mean, it's not my problem. I don't have to do the rundown. I just sit there and talk. So I guess for the... Uh, for the sake of Todd Mossberg and the rest of our production staff, hopefully nothing big happens uh, between now and then. So there you go. That'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good and live well. Pray that nothing big happens in the next 24 hours, and we will talk to you next week. 